Hi. Yeah, welcome to the cane violation. Woo! I'm your host, Sam Kane. And today, I'm not in a good mood because my godforsaken turnover machine of a team just got completely embarrassed in the NBA Finals. So I'm not happy. Today, I'll be dissecting the team that beat them, the Golden State Warriors. But before that, I want to tell everyone a bizarre story that happened to me the other day. So this happened on Friday when I was working from home. I was uh, up late watching the Celtics, you know, blow the NBA title. So I was very tired and I just wanted to lie on the couch. I didn't even bother making any kind of attempt to work at my desk, you know, like a regular person who has his life together would. So around 1 p.m., I start hearing some guy yelling hello from outside. Almost like someone in a horror movie like who hears a noise and goes to investigate it. Hello? Hello? So I made a mental note of it, but at first it didn't seem to be anything too alarming. I just continued to work. Then I started hearing banging and more hellos. I'm like, what is this? Like a scorned lover trying to get into his ex's apartment? It just keeps going and going. But then I hear him yell for help. And that's when I had to get up and investigate. So in order to understand this better, I should give you a picture of the layout behind my apartment. So I'm a couple floors up. Now my backyard is actually a vacant lot that none of the tenants have access to. So then there's a fence. And behind that fence is the backside of an apartment building similar to mine, which I have direct sight of outside my living room window. Now, next to it on one side is a playground that I really can't see when I look out my window due to just a huge portion of my building blocking sight of it. My window's sort of within an enclave. Now, I'll hear a lot of people outside at times and, you know, just assume that it's people playing at the park. Now, on the other side of this apartment directly behind us is a much newer building unit that caters to people way out of my tax bracket. And from glancing over and, you know, walking around outside, you know, throughout the year, it's not hard to tell how nice it is. Uh, there's lots of huge windows, uh, which actually have motorized shades that close by pressing a button. And there's also a freaking garage in the building for parking, which is a major, major luxury to have in my area. So it's kind of funny being neighbors with people who could very well be in the 1% while uh, I'm broke as hell. So anyways, the banging and yelling just continues, and I'm trying to see where it's coming from. Um, before, I assumed, you know, maybe it was the park, but... Upon closer inspection, there was no way it was coming from that direction. It sounds like it's coming from the backside of this really nice apartment unit. Now, there's another detail I forgot to add. There's a giant freaking tree in the backyard, which obstructs the view of this really fancy, nice building. It's a, it's a damn big tree, and you can sort of see through the leaves, but not too well. So, I open my window to listen closer. The banging starts getting ridiculously loud to the point where I'm honestly curious how no one else around me is hearing this. Or, you know, maybe people are hearing this, but, you know, they just don't want to get involved with what's going on. Basically, what I had been doing up to this point, um, I, I still cannot see exactly where this is coming from, but I can tell... It is in the direction of this really nice building. So I'm searching through the leaves of this tree, trying to see if I can spot this person. And the banging and yelling is just so frequent at this point that I finally decide to yell over. And I just say, hey, buddy, you all right? 
And the guy yells back, Hi, I'm locked out of my apartment. I'm trapped out on the deck here. I need to get back inside. So I still can't see him. So I, you know, just to verify, I ask him what his address is. And he says it, that he's on the third floor. He says there's um, a few other things, which I actually don't really hear very clearly. But at this point, I seem to have the picture for whatever's going on. It sounds like he got locked out. He's on his deck, needs to get back inside. Certainly an inconvenience, but not the end of the world. So I yell back that, I'd walk to the front of the building to see if I can contact a neighbor, you know, anyone who can help him. And to be honest, I'm kind of taking my time here. Now, thankfully, I had finished up a lot of my emails in the morning for work, so I didn't really have anything urgent I had to deal with. Now, I'm also not dressed to go outside. I mean, I'm barely dressed at all. My hair is so messy that it would scare people, so I threw on a baseball cap. Now I'm actually wearing clothes. I head outside. There's no possible way for me to get in the backyard of his building. It's just you know, completely blocked off. So I get to the front of this building. The lobby door is locked, as it should be. Start ringing the bells to apartments. And uh, for whatever reason, I started at the top for the fourth floor units. First unit, I, I uh, contacted nothing. Second unit, nothing again. And the third one, seems like nothing. But then some guy answers. I tell him I'm a neighbor around the block and that there's someone on the third floor trapped. He cuts me off immediately and says, here, I'll open the door. <laughs> so now the door's unlocked and I just head in. I'm not sure why he let me in. He probably thought I was a resident, locked out. But um, anyway, certainly wasn't expecting this tenant to come down and assist me. So I'm in the lobby. It's pretty nice, you know, stone tile. Uh, surprisingly, no concierge. But at the same time, they're less common in New Jersey. So I kind of get it. So I get to the elevator. Before I even press the button, I can hear the loud banging from this guy on the bot from the bottom floor. And I'm just shocked that no one else is hearing this. It was around like 1 p.m., so, you know, maybe most people are probably at work, but it's still odd. I get in the elevator, press the third floor button, no key fob or anything necessary, lets me right up. So as soon as the elevator opens up, right away I see this guy across from me on the other side of a glass panel door trying to pry open this lock with a giant stainless steel basting spoon. Now it actually turns out this was a shared deck space for all the tenants on this floor. So he spots me, I walk over, guy's probably like in his 30s, you know, just wearing a t-shirt and shorts. So I get through his door, I figure I can just open it and let him in and that'll be that. Nope. The door is locked from the inside as well. Um, I tried using force to turn this knob, but nothing. I keep trying, trying and trying, knowing very well in my head that there's no way I can get this open. Like, he's going to have to call someone with a key or maybe even the fire department to break down this doorknob. It would have been drastic breaking down the glass, in my opinion. So then he starts... You know, talking to me through the glass panel, he tells me he really needs my help. And uh, he asks if I can do something. I'm like, sure, yeah, that's why I was there. He tells me his unit number, that his door is open, and that his stove is on, and he needs me to turn it off. So right away, I'm like, oh my god, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. And I, you know, immediately go out in the hallway trying to find his apartment unit. And, you know, here I am thinking, like, God, what the hell did I just get myself into? Am I about to walk into, like, an apartment that's on fire here? Jeez Louise. So I see his apartment unit. The door is wide open. And uh, upon first glance, I'm not going to lie, his apartment is really, really nice. Like, high ceiling, super spacious. The kitchen is right there as you enter. So I see that there's a, a pot on top of a running stove. Now, thankfully, it's not on very high. Well, nothing seems to be burned or anything. But at the same time, you know, I've, I've seen the Final Destination movies way too many times. So 
know, I'm thinking, like, is this thing going to, like, blow up if I get near it or try to touch it? I mean, which which wouldn't make any sense at all, but, you know, that's that's what my brain is thinking. And regardless, I go over and uh, try to switch it off. Um, I'm an idiot, so at first I put it all the way down to the low setting, realizing that the way to turn it off is to, to turn it to its highest setting. So I do it. It's done. I go back out in the hallway to give him a thumbs up, and I tell him that's off. He smiles. He's clearly relieved, and he asks if I can, you know, contact someone uh, from one of the units to try and help him out uh, so we can, you know, get back into his apartment. So he gives me a couple units to check, knock on one door, nothing, no one's home. Then I go to the next one, no one's home. I think I try one more before that with no luck, but I hear music coming out of one of the units, so I knew someone had to be home. So I knock, but nothing. can still hear this music, so someone's got to be there. I knock again, still nothing. I wait like 20 seconds, and I just do the very, very loud knock, like, hey, come on, you need to come to the door. <laughs> so finally, a uh, woman says hello. Um... I, I speak to her through the door. I tell her the situation, and um, you know she unlocks the door very slightly, uh, just so like she can see who I am, talk to me. Um, in my head, I'm realizing how sketchy this is too. I mean, here I am, someone that doesn't live in the building, <laughs> and is telling her that one of her neighbors, who she probably doesn't even know, is uh, stuck outside on uh, the deck. So. Uh, she turns out being really friendly, but definitely a tad weirded out by what's going on. She asked, like, how I got in. I told her, you know, some floor, you know, buzzed the door for me. I just walked in. Uh, she made a quip about, you know, not telling anyone how lax their security is there. So she says she'll be right out. A minute later, she comes out to the hall, and I bring her to this guy. Uh, she goes up and talks to him and asks if he has the code to get in. Says he doesn't know it. And she doesn't know it either, so that's that. So, this is also pretty weird. Like, how, how do you both not know the code to get in? Why this guy went out there with his stove on is beyond me. I, I didn't ask, but I should have. He then suggests getting his phone, which is in his apartment, so he can call the superintendent. Um... He says he thinks it's in the kitchen, so I go in with this woman to his apartment. Uh, again, she's being very nice, but I can tell by her body language that she's a little unsure of me being there. So we don't see his phone right away. I uh, go into one room that appeared to be his office, and I see a phone, but notice that it's off. Um, but anyways, I grab it, I bring it over to him. And he tells me, no, that's not the right phone. <laughs> so he, he says it might be in the living room. So at this point, I just ask for his number, thinking, oh, I can call it and maybe we can hear it ring. So he gives me his number, but he mentions that his phone is most likely on vibrate, so we might not be able to hear it. So uh, he was right, did not hear a ring or anything. Walk around the apartment, trying to listen for a phone, nothing. Um... And I'm just really blown away by these high ceilings and giant windows. I mean, the whole damn wall is nearly a window. It is nice. And I'm also noticing, like, a lot of small, like, building models as well, like, displayed throughout. Uh, so I'm, like, wondering if this guy's, like, maybe an architect or something. But anyways, I snap out of it, look around. I see that the phone is on one of the end tables there, uh course it was a black case on a black table so really blended in there so I bring it over to him he points out that there's a side uh, stairwell nearby the deck um, which uh, actually has a window and uh, he was curious if we could somehow open the window and pass his phone over to him since it's you know within an arm's reach 
He admitted he thought of actually trying to find a way to open the window from the deck and then climb over into it, um, but it can't be opened from the outside. Plus, he's on the third floor, so if he fell, he would be seriously hurt or even worse. So, you know, the woman uh, goes into the stairwell. I, I let her do it. Um, she opens a window and is able to stick her arm out a bit, hands over the guy his, his phone, and uh, voila, he has it. So after that, she kind of gives me a look as if she's not sure, like, if I'm needed anymore, like, which I pick on, I pick up on it right away. So I blurt out that, you know, I actually have to get back to work, but, you know, I hope everything uh, turns out okay. So they thank me, I get in the elevator and leave, and, you know, this must have, like, all happened within a half an hour, so I'm on a bit of an adrenaline rush. I get a text from the guy a couple hours later, because, remember, I called him when he was looking for his phone, so he had my number. He was very thankful, wanted to give me a gift. I declined, of course, you know, just said I was happy to help. But he really, really insisted, um, so um, actually agreed. Uh, ended up going to the front of his building to meet him when I was done with work. And he gave me a really cool Lego box set of London, uh, which is from the architecture series, if that's even what you call it. I'm not a Lego guy, never was, but my wife is actually super excited to build it. So, um, yeah, that's really it. Turns out he was out there for another hour after I left, and uh, it was a maintenance guy that came over to the building with a key and was able to open the door. All right, and on to the Golden State Warriors. What a bunch of jerks! No, I'm kidding. I absolutely, absolutely despised the LeBron James Miami Heat, you know, for blocking the Celtics at the end of that big three error from getting one more chip. I really think the Celtics would have gotten it in 2012, too. That was when OKC was in the finals. I think the Celtics would have found a way to beat them. Yeah, they were old, but, you know, sometimes that can help. And we had Rondo, too. He he was playing like a madman. But, you know, I really don't hate the Warriors for beating us this year. I really don't. I mean, Draymond, yeah, he's annoying as hell, but if anything, he kind of helped us, <laughs> especially when he was trying to shoot the ball, so... That's whatever. His defense was uh, was pretty damn good, so I'll give him that. But I like Steph. I like Clay. Iggy's cool. I was really happy when they won in 2015, beating LeBron. Um, that was their their first time. Little did I know that you know that was the beginning of a dynasty where uh, an unfair dynasty. KD going there was pretty whack, but, you know, what can you do? It was only a two-year thing in all actuality since the Raptors beat them that final year. So, Warriors, I don't hate you. Congrats. You deserve it. Um, my team blew, and that's on them. So, I mean, we'll talk about the Celtics later on with my cousin Alex, probably in a couple episodes or two. But you guys won, and uh, wow, you have just drafted three lottery guys in the past two years, and you didn't even really need to use them at all, really, in the finals, at least. So, I mean, you know at least one of those guys is going to be a major part of the future. You know, <laughs> James Wiseman, not sure what the deal is there, but... Uh, I gotta say, that picture of him hugging the Larry O'Brien trophy, like he had just finished playing like a 40-minute game that very night, was, uh, you know, that was uh, pure comedy. <laughs> what the hell? He didn't play a single minute. <laughs> a single minute during the regular season. So, uh... Yeah, let's get to the highest paid player. It's Steph Curry. He'll be making $48 million next year. 
He's under contract until 2026, uh, where he will be making $59 million in that final year, which is mind-boggling. But very much deserved since uh, he was so damn underpaid during his second contract. I mean, what can I say? He's amazing. I, I hope this guy will still be playing in 2030, hopefully. So, uh, Clay Thompson, yes, hefty contract, $40 million next year, $43 million the year after that, and then he's a free agent. Now, he's been with this team since 2011. I doubt, you know, he's going to end up going elsewhere. I mean, did he underperform in the finals? Sure. But he still hit some very timely shots and, uh, you know, had... had that showed some good defense throughout. Like, you know, it's not like we could pick on him. It's not like we could attack him. So I don't think he's going anywhere. I'm sure he'll get one more decent-sized contract with the Warriors after this. I don't think it'll be, like, $40 million a year. He'll probably take, like, a, a team-friendly discount. By the way, the fake Clay guy, that was great. That was great. I mean, I, I know that he did that years ago, and I, I watched that video. I thought it was hilarious. Um, I saw it when it first came out. Um, but this time around, getting banned is probably the best thing that could have happened to him. I mean, this was like the headline of so many articles. Like, everywhere you looked, every news outlet had this. Like, TMZ, CNN. Like... You can't pay for that kind of exposure. So the guy's name is Big Dawes. Um, I wonder how tall he is. Because Clay Thompson, isn't he like six, six, like five, six, seven maybe? I don't know. I probably should know. But this guy, he, he has to be at least six feet in order to fool that many people. Otherwise, he'd just be like, oh, there's no way. Uh, next up, Andrew freaking Wiggins, man. God, how smart was that move? I really wonder if that was, like, the plan all along, to <laughs> flip D'Angelo Russell for Wiggins, knowing that Russell and Towns really wanted to play together, and knowing that Minnesota, you know, just really want, wanted to keep uh, Carl Towns happy. But regardless, wow. Wiggins had one of the worst contracts in the league, arguably even this year. People were saying that at the beginning of this year. But, you know, he was never, like, that, like, bad of a player. It's, you know, it's like Tobias Harris. Decent player, but just making probably double what he should be getting. But, uh, yeah, Wiggins' contract, not... Not an overpay. Wiggins was worth every single penny after this finals performance. I mean, he was embarrassing, absolutely sunning Jason Tatum. I couldn't believe it. I mean, the, who, who, th this is like much closer to the guy people thought Wiggins would be when he was drafted. You know, keep in mind, he's still pretty young, too. He's 27, 28. So, I mean, it makes sense that he wasn't really that tired during the finals. He had very fresh legs. I mean, Clay and Steph were definitely banged up, but Wiggins, like, he was fine. I mean, it's it's not like he had to play in back-to-back -back games or, or two back-to-back seven-game series where... Each game was every other night. He had like a week's rest before the finals, and you know, every game between the finals pretty much had two days of rest in between. So obviously, he was good to go. Not only that, I think I think the Warriors are going to extend him. Uh, I'm, I don't think they're just going to keep him. I think they're going to extend him, which is you know absolutely insane to think of like a few years ago. 
but uh, his contract, so next year is the final year of his rookie extension that he signed, uh, or that Minnesota gave him. Uh, it's worth $33 million um, after that, free agent. Um, so I, I, I think the Warriors will extend him, and, uh, you know, maybe we'll see if, like, Clay Thompson takes a discount for like twenty to twenty-five million a year instead of forty. Um, since you know Clay's thirty-two now, you know he's around my age. Sadly, it sucks. It sucks not being young anymore. Okay, and now we're on to Draymond Green. Now, despite being a dipshit, is worth his contract. Now he's making. 25 million next year then 27 after that so like he can't score really but his IQ is just so important um, to have when he's on the court um, you know he can still play really good defense and he's just in the right places a lot defensively at least and there's great passer unbelievable court vision so two more years on his deal Final year, 2023-2024, is actually a player option. I'd imagine he'll pick it up. By then, he will probably have lost another step, but I, I, I'd i imagine he's going to retire a warrior. You never know, though. I mean, we, th- we thought Tony Parker would be a career spur, but that didn't happen. <laughs> He'll probably uh, take, like, a big-time discount after this contract, I'd imagine. Like, I don't know. What should his contract be after this? Like, $10 million a year, maybe? I mean, we'll see. We'll see how good he is. James Wiseman. He's making $9 million next year, then $12 million in the final year of his rookie deal. He's the highest-paid player on the team who has appeared in a G League game. Now, I, don't, I don't know what his deal is injury-wise. I wasn't really following that. Um, but you know, I'd imagine you would want to give this guy one more year to see if, you know, he can help you out or if there's any kind of progress. But if if nothing happens next year with this guy, then you know you have uh, you have basically a human trade exception for the final year of his deal. Twelve million dollars. You could definitely package some picks, maybe get a a useful player, because clearly this team does not care about spending a lot of money. Jonathan Kaminga, 19 years old, NBA champion, not too shabby. He's making $5 million next year. He was drafted 7th overall, was in the rotation this year, but you know, just not during the finals. The situation kind of reminds me of uh, Jalen Brown a little bit from uh, the 2016-17 Celtics, his uh, rookie season. Now, back then, Jalen was a backup to Jay Crowder, and uh, then the next year, uh, Jalen's sophomore season, it was just so obvious that he was a star. I mean, if Kaminga somehow turns into an impact player like Jalen Brown is, which is certainly possible, and shit, the Warriors are going to be a threat for uh, an even longer time than we thought. So... Youth is certainly going to be needed um, to assist with uh, the core big three of uh, Steph, Clay, and Dre. Kevin Looney is next. Not going to lie, I was surprised that they even picked up his player option before the season started. Or, or I guess it was team option. Uh, I mean, this, this, this squad is just like way into the luxury tax. So I thought maybe Looney would be a casualty. Um, They kept him. 
very smart because it turned out to quite honestly be the difference uh, between getting a championship and uh, not getting one. I mean, he, he was such a huge part of what they did. I, I really don't think they get a championship without Looney, but, you know. I know he frustrated the Celtics in the paint, and then uh, he also had, like, 23 rebounds against the Mavs in one game. Totally won them that game. But he's a free agent now. Made $5 million next year. Now, rumor is that Charlotte is interested in him. Sacramento as well. So I'm wondering how much money it will take to pry him away from the Warriors. Because if Charlotte's offering like $10 million a year and Golden State is offering seven, then... Yeah, I think he's probably going to choose Golden State, you know, the the team that he's won three rings with. But if someone completely blows him out of the water with an offer, like, I mean, what if Sacramento just offers him, like, $30 million over two years? Then, I mean, I'd imagine Looney would accept that and because that's just a substantial amount of money compared to what he's made in his career and... I'll tell you, Golden State is not matching that. They are not going to pay Kavon Looney $15 million a year. So, uh, I mean, this will be an interesting story throughout the offseason. I do predict that he'll stay with Golden State, though. That That's my guess. Next up, Moses Moody. Don't have too much on Moses. You know, another great young prospect. A lot of upside. Yeah, you just you got to hold on to this guy. Uh, obviously, see how he blossoms. I mean, maybe you got like another Jordan Poole on your hands here. That would be incredible. Um, but um, I mean, I'd imagine this is someone who's just going to be part of the rotation for years to come, which is uh, not bad at all. Uh, next up, Andre Iguodala. I'm not sure if he comes back next year. My guess is that he will. I mean, usually when uh, someone at the tail end of their career, you know, like a role player, uh, whatever, um, you know, wins a ring with a team, they they're usually they usually make the decision to come back with the team, you know. But sometimes, sometimes people retire. We'll see, though. I. I think he comes back, just has an IQ uh, that is, you know, very effective on the court um, in small stretches. He's slowed down substantially, but, you know, maybe he can be like their Udonis Haslam for the next few years. I like the way he coaches the youngsters. You know, he really, he really had a strong talk with Gary Payton after uh, I think it Payton fouled Jalen Brown at one point in game six I was like when the Celtics were uh, you know inching a little closer to their to the Warriors big lead so Iguodala great mentor obviously I I just say yeah bring him back if he still wants to play it's you know should be without question Otto Porter, I don't know. Someone might actually snag him. He made the uh, the veterans minimum this year. Wow, incredible deal. Um, I think he's worth at least the mid-level. We'll see if he decides to you know, chase the money or you know want to get another ring and stay with Golden State. But. He was a game-changer. Let's not forget he started those last few games that the Warriors won. He was playing the four. So he will uh, be in demand. Wings are hard to find. Someone might throw $10 million a year at him. We'll see. I don't, I don't know if the Warriors would match that. My guess is no, if, if someone offers him $10 million. So then uh, we have Jordan Poole. He's on the last year of his rookie deal making pennies, which is uh, really not pennies. It's actually a lot of money to the average person, but to an NBA player, uh, not that much.
know, he's making like a million dollars and change. God, it's good that their owner is willing to open the checkbook. I mean, I don't know if he'll be worth 15 to 20 million a year, but he might be. He might be. You know, when he hit that half court shot at the end of, um, what game was that? That was in the third. Uh, I think it was game five. He just completely shifted the momentum and got uh, the Warriors crowd back into it. But, you know, of course, that all started because Tatum was just turning the ball over and doing dumbass isos, which, uh, you know, he tends to do. So uh, Poole obviously is going to be back. We'll see if uh, they have an extension for him. Um, you know, you got to remember, he was starting over Steph Curry at the beginning of the playoffs. I know Curry was injured, but you know, it's still kind of funny. Um, that seemed like a lifetime ago, by the way. Like the, play- the playoffs really stretches out, man. Really does. Um Nemanja Balicha, he was solid in limited minutes during the playoffs. Was actually a good player during the regular season. I, uh, you know, I think they'll bring him back if he takes the minimum. Maybe someone will throw a little money his way. Maybe like four or five million a year. I don't see the Warriors matching that if if that's the case. But um, if he wants to come back for the minimum, I think the the Warriors will welcome him with open arms. That's my prediction. Gary Payton the second. God, he was a headache. He's he's the kind of the hero of this series, low key. Uh, him and Wiggins. He the, the Payton hit some threes like a. The scouting report was that this guy can't shoot, but he he hit some open threes. Sure, they were wide open, but, you know, he hit them. He's a free agent. Good luck, Golden State. Good luck. Because someone's going to throw a small bag at GP2, a.k.a. the mitten. Some team's probably going to offer him $10 million a year. Probably the Kings. Whatever contract he's offered next year... It'll certainly be heftier than any uh, kind of video coordinator position. I will say that. Um, So I'm going to stop there. That's all the rotation guys. Um, Juan Toscano Anderson. Who the hell is he? I know I I said that on one of my first podcasts. Um, And, uh, you know, seemed to regret that statement as soon as he had that crazy dunk but you know he really didn't play at all during the series non-factor um, my guess is Peyton and Looney are locks to come back while Otto Porter's probably just gonna get an offer that's too big to match that's my off-season prediction and uh, you know I'm sure they'll also get some random really good player who is worth a good amount of money but will sign the veterans minimum because he wants to get a ring you know kind of like what david west did some veteran you know he'll be huge in the playoffs because you know the warriors just kind of luck out with those guys I guess that's those are just the perks of uh, being a dynasty. The veterans want to come over and get rings. So uh, these guys are going to be contenders for the next three years at least. They ain't going away. I'd like them to go away, but they will not. But hey, if you guys try to step to the Celtics again, I'll tell you. It won't be easy. Our guys are going to learn from this loss. Looking at you, Tatum. All right, and our movie of the week, month, 
half month, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's a movie that most of the listeners, all ten of you, have uh, probably seen before. It's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. It's actually crazy that I've never seen this before, um, considering I was like a film major in college. Uh, you know, I'm I'm just I'm too busy watching the Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms. Like I, I I don't have time to watch. You know, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I I gotta watch Frogs. I gotta watch Pinata Survival Island, which I actually just rewatch recently. Um, I thought about prank con actually you know let's just do it let's just do it so the directors of pinata survival island are uh you know no longer directors they're actually like real estate agents so you know let's let's uh let's call and ask about a property Scott Hillenburg. All right. Let's see. Remember, star six seven one eight nine six two one. Please leave your message for Scott Hillenburg. Pinata. <laughs> gonna be like what the hell okay so bill and ted's excellent adventure great movie i don't know why it took so long for me to watch this movie i guess it just didn't appeal much to me it seemed kind of dumb I, I must have been like five or six or something my dad was watching this movie on tv and it just it really stood out to me because it was one of like the weirdest live action movies i had seen up to that point in my life and that movie was freaked so it stars and was co-directed by alex winter who played uh bill in the movie bill and ted so it escaped my mind for years until i was a teenager and i looked it up and uh i realized you know it uh, was getting a DVD release. This is probably back in like 2005. Um, so this was like during a period where I was really, really like going after DVDs every week. You know that that was my dopamine hit. Gotta go to Fye, Newberg Comics, get the new DVDs, or find some cool used DVDs to add to the collection, and then never watch them. That's what I would do. And then when Freak came out, I was like, snag that. Thank you. I I actually I, I had the DVD for all this time, but I sold it last year for a good amount of money. I think it was like 70 bucks. Um, that's how rare it was, which I don't I don't understand why this DVD was so rare because the movie is on Blu-ray, I saw. So, you know, maybe Maybe they just didn't make a lot of copies of this DVD. It was a pretty... It had, like, a cool cover and everything. It had a booklet inside and whatnot with a lot of pictures. It was nice. Anywho, that was that. Uh, Bill and Ted, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Even my wife was chuckling, too. Now, she usually completely ignores any movie I put on. You know, she'll tune it out and go on TikTok. But this movie... It caught her attention, especially that sequence at the mall. So, I, I don't know. Do I even really need to recap the plot? Uh, haven't you guys seen this already? Uh, basically, it's two dudes who talk like surfer stoners, yet we never see them do either of those things, uh, are uh, you know trying to get a good grade on their book report. So they transport through time via a telephone booth and George Carlin. Does it make any sense? Not really. But it's easy to roll with. 
So they grab all kinds of historical figures, including Billy the Kid and Abraham Lincoln. It's all in good fun. Then they present their report to try and get a real dubular grade because they have, like, all these historical figures on stage with them during the report. Um, and for some reason, the everyone who's doing their report is uh, for the class is in a giant auditorium that looks more like a concert hall than a school auditorium. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, it, maybe it was a concert hall. I just missed that plot detail. So, you know, some familiar faces throughout. Uh, Diane Franklin, who plays one of the princesses um, that... Uh, they they end up dating. Uh, she's known for her role in Better Off Dead, which is an incredible 80s comedy starring John Cusack, one of the best. Uh, apparently John Cusack doesn't like that movie, even though I think it, it's one of the best movies he's ever been in. So, I don't know, John Cusack seems like an odd fish. Uh, Diane Franklin, she was also the main girl in Last American Virgin. Uh, that is... That is an interesting movie, if you guys ever had the chance to watch that. I highly, highly recommend that movie. So it's got Diane Franklin, who's one of the princesses, and Bill and Ted. It's got uh, the the bully, or the D-bag from The Goonies. And then it has um, uh, the the guy in uh, Friday the 13th, the final chapter, who was, like, watching. He's in it. And it's just, it's a wild movie. Watch it till the end. Please watch the end. And, uh, yeah, Keanu Reeves, he was, you know, very old school Keanu Reeves in this. There was a guy on Mad TV who actually did a Keanu Reeves impression. This was, like, back in the late 90s. And I never understood the impression because it seemed like nothing like Keanu Reeves. Because I knew Keanu Reeves from, like, The Matrix or Hardball back then. So it turns out this actor was really doing a Ted impression on Mad TV and not really an impression of Keanu. Another major mental note I made is that these dudes said a lot of things and sounded a lot like uh, Wayne and Garth in Wayne's World. The Party On, The Excellent. Now, this film actually came out before Wayne's World, so... A bit fishy, a bit fishy. I I think with without Bill and Ted, I don't think there is a Wayne's World. That's my guess. That's my guess. There's just too many similarities, too many. Um, but uh, to be honest, Wayne's World is funnier. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. If you, I I heard Mike Myers is a nightmare, especially on the set of that movie. I hear he's difficult to work with, but whatever. I uh, I actually watched the other two Bill and Ted movies right after this one. Had like a little lazy Saturday with my wife. I figured why not. Honestly, I really just wanted to watch the new one. But felt weird skipping over Bogus Journey. So, um, you know, I just ended up watching both of them. I actually had seen Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey years ago. And solely because... I used to be, like, a major, major Kiss fan in high school. I know, super random. A kid in the 2000s being a big Kiss fan, but, um, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of the movie Detroit Rock City, so that was part of what got me in the Kiss. But uh, I knew that Kiss had a song in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and... Um, I knew it, it, I knew I knew which song it was. It was a really good Kiss song, so that's literally why I watched the movie. To be honest, um, so this was actually my second time seeing uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and I didn't think much of it the the first time I saw it, but upon seeing it again, I enjoyed it. There's some really 
good practical effects, especially with the evil Bill and Ted that um, that appear in the movie. And it's, it's some really interesting set pieces. I gotta say that. Like, God, you're never gonna see sets like that in a movie again, I feel like. Uh, the 90s, just 90s, 80s, such a unique time. Then I was really curious about the new one, considering like how famous Keanu Reeves is now and the fact that Alex Winter has pretty much disappeared from the spotlight for nearly two decades. And uh, the movie, it, it was fine. Definitely cheesy as hell. Some... Uh, some pretty cringe moments. Uh, definitely the the sequence where they when they're in jail, uh, that was pretty bad. Um, but uh, yeah, and some of the newer like comedic actors. I mean, it makes you realize how many like comedy actors are out there who aren't funny. <laughs> uh, there were there were a lot of random cameos um, from uh, newer comedy actors uh, I gotta say Alex Winter was really good in the new one he all he didn't he didn't look like he aged a ton like this sometimes they they bring like these old characters back from movies and reboots and it's just like good god it looks rough and considering that he's been out of the spotlight for so long you know he he it wouldn't have been surprising if he looked like he was a 70-year-old man. But, no, he he still had, like, kind of a youthful face and everything. Um, nailed nailed all the mannerisms, and uh, I was actually very impressed. It was more so Keanu Reeves that didn't seem like the old Ted at all. He kind of seemed like Keanu Reeves just being unsure of how to play an airhead again that was basically the performance but you know it's okay because we all like Keanu uh, it's funny that his his daughter in the movie was a much more accurate version of Ted than he was so it was cheesy fun major props for bringing back a lot of the old cast uh, the dad the woman who married both of their dads in the first two movies, which is so damn random. William Sadler was back to play Death again. Um, and then for whatever reason, they always recasted the roles of the the princesses they dated in the movies. Um, so now it was Aaron Hayes playing Diane's Franklin character from the first one, and the redhead who I only know from Epic Movie played the other princess. They're like 15 years younger than the original actresses. Kind of brutal. Not easy being a woman in Hollywood. <sighs> so, uh, yeah, anyways, back to the original. Uh, I'm giving that the Alice rating. Three stars out of four. Uh, I recommend everyone to watch it, especially if you like Keanu Reeves. I mean, how could anyone really hate the guy? I've actually heard that he's, like, actually one of the most genuine good guys in Hollywood. Like, him and Adam Sandler, I usually hear good things about. Um, yeah, just but never never really a negative story at all about him on the internet. You know, which is actually super impressive in this day and age. So that's the episode. I'll be back soon with more. Uh, gonna have my cousin, Alex and david joining me at some point and then we've got the nba draft coming up with none other than mr dan greeny enjoy the tunes it fits perfect better watch out sucker now i got you where i want you on slots coming and i'm packing in my lunch up bunch up missile launchers and a bunch of contra ben ben full of ganja now come on jump Man, stop, massive marshal on my gotcha Doing a cha-cha in a cucaracha with a quattro Polygic, boogieing down the Frank Sinatra Lindsay to the low hand, lick it while you let me watch ya Who'da knew the Buddha do to me when it's done? Such cynicism when this isn't in my system But hypnotism, lift a slip up to my lips, son So much on my hands, I got to give my kids a fist bump Krista, Faree, swimming in my swim trunks Mr. Help me's what he said to me and then sunk Women skinning them and cutting them up in chunks In 
Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Buffalo Bill. Skin him up, him him, sew him up in those kilts. Up in those kilts, up up in those kilts. Man, you don't want to go up in those hills. Up in those hills, up up in those hills. You better be where stay clear, Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Buffalo Bill. Always, you can see him lurking in the hallways. Crocus is a Caucasian females in his crawl space. How the hell did he fit them all in such a small place? Hide him in the wall, well, how long will the drywall take? Well, fuck it, then I got nothing but time. I'll wait until it dries for the moment. I guess you're all safe. After I slammed it in Buffett, I guess that I'll paint. My chainsaw's out, I guess my regular saw ain't. Now here I come again, damn stomach crumbling. You can even hear the evil spirits coming from within. Someone's in the back of my damn house rummaging. It's a girl, she looks pretty thin, but I want the skin. Finn on the hunt again. When will it ever end? Evelyn, why you trying to fight? You will never win. Severin, legs, arms, damn, there goes another limb. Pull the lever then, trap door, get the evident. Once again, they call me Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Buffalo Bill. Skin him up, him him, sew him up in those kilts. Up in those kilts, up up in those kilts. Man, you don't want to go up in those hills. Up in those hills, up up in those hills. You better be where stay clear, Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Buffalo Bill. Now what you know about Buffalo Bill? Nothing so chill. Fucking hold you better fucking hold still. Mixing none of that lotion in the bucket, don't spill. Cut them, cut them, and just keep the stuff in those girls. Man, I think she had enough of those pills. So they said, then I wait, I come back later just to clutch a no steel blade. When I cut it, don't squeal I hate the loud noises I fucking told you I keep hearing voices Like when you like to go and get your butcher knife And push it right through it While you put your shish kebab skewers into a barbecue And what you do to her What you usually do to a girl whose skin's newer In a world of sin you are This is turning into a torment Tournament of sorts Christmas ornament you are I'll be sure to get to ya Till there's no more skin to ya Booyah, who you think you're fucking with Not because here he comes again Once again they call me Buffalo Bill Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Bill. Skin him up, him him, sew him up in those kilts. Up in those kilts, up up in those kilts. Man, you don't want to go up in those hills. Up in those hills, up up in those hills. You better be where stay clear, Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Buffalo Bill. I know a million people already did this. Let's make it a billion. A billy, a billy, a billy, a billionaire. Call me Philly Collins, I feel a billionaire's in the air. I affiliate with Billy Gates, that's my pair. And John Millionaire is my consigliere. When I wear billionaire, boys club is more than care. I don't wear it cause for real, I wear it cause I'm for real. I see fair people. I see Benjamins and a billion other big head people. I'm a natural born hustler, Marcy Projects motherfucker. Turn professional journalist reporting live from the gutter with girls. Carry box cutters, brothers shoot up with undercover screaming, fuck the world. Why? Cause don't nobody love a Sean Carter, Sean Bell. What's the difference? Do tell. 50 shots of 50 mil. Ain't no difference. Go to hell. So, rock a shot for Barack Obama. Chains gon' come on. I'm about a whole hood. Llamas on me. Rock Nation on me. Million strong in the mantra gon' be this, whatever's gon' be on three. Sean in the Humvee, y'all could call it cold ball. The clearing, I'm free, bumping pop in the outdoors. I'm flyer than all outdoors. I ball out paws. I buy champagne companies. I'm back buying out bars, but I do that. I'm so past G5s and G4s, but I flew back, back and forth like a Leah. Uh, rest in peace to you. Takes nation to millions to hold us back, but when your boy reach a billion, it's a wrap. Yeah, Rock Nation, it takes a nation to stop. I'm signing off, it's the hoods for Rock. Motherfucker, I'm ill. Motherfucker, I'm ill. Yeah. Mac, I'm A millionaire, I'm a young money millionaire. Tougher than Nigerian hair. My criteria compared to your career just isn't fair. I'm a venereal disease, like a menstrual bleed through the pencil and leak on the sheet of the tablet in my mind. Cause I don't write shit, cause I ain't got time. Cause my second minutes, I was go to the almighty dollar in the almighty power of that ch 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 chopper, sister, brother, son, daughter, father, motherfucker.
fuck the copper, got the Maserati dancing on the bridge. Pussy poppin', tell the coppers, ha 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 ha. You can't catch them, you can't stop them. I go by them goon rules. If you can't beat them, then you pop them. You can't man them, then you mop them. You can't stand them, then you drop them. You pop them, cause we pop them like over red and baka. Motherfucker, I'm ill. Yeah. A million here, a million there. Sicilian bitch with long hair, with coconut dairy gear, like smoking the thinnest air. I open the Lamborghini, hoping them crack the semen. Like, look at that bastard Weezy, he's a beast, he's a dog, he's the motherfucking problem. Okay, you're a goon, but what's a goon to a goblin? Nothing, nothing, you ain't scaring nothing. On some faggot bullshit, call him Dennis Ryman. Call me with your own bitch, call me on my sidekick. Never answer with it's private. Damn, I hate a shy bitch Don't you hate a shy bitch? Yeah, I hate a shy bitch She ain't shy no more She changed her name to my bitch <laughs> Yeah, nigga, that's my bitch So when she asked for the money When you threw, don't be surprised, bitch And it ain't tricking if you got it But you like a bitch with no ass You ain't got shit Motherfucker, I'm ill, not sick And I'm okay, but my watch sick Yeah, my drop sick Yeah, my clock sick And my not thick I'm it Motherfucker, I'm ill Yeah, see They say I'm rapping like Big J and Tupac Andre 3000 Where is Erica Badu at? Who that? Who that say they gon' beat Lil Wayne? My name ain't Big, but I keep that flame night. Who that wanna do that, boy? You knew that you that swallow. And I be this shit, now you got loose powers. I don't owe you like two vowels. But I would like for you to pay me by the hour. <laughs> and I'd rather be pushing flowers than to be in the pen sharing showers. <laughs> Tony told us this world was ours And the Bible told us every girl was sour Don't play in the garden and don't smell her flower Call me Mr. Carter, Mr. Lawnmower Boy, I got so many bitches like I'm Michael Lowry Even when stuff on, they say she couldn't doubt me Motherfucker, I say life ain't shit without me Chrome lips poking out the coupe, look like it's pouting I do what I do and you do what you can do about it Bitch, I can turn a crack rock into a mountain Damn man, don't you compare me Cause there ain't nobody near me They don't see me, but they hear me They don't feel me, but they fear me I'm feeling I wipe the dirt from my hands as I walk from your grave. Those ain't facts, those are lies and the statements you made. So we gotta get him, get him. We gotta chill him, chill him. We gotta get him, get him. We gotta kill him, kill him. You don't believe homeless vets exist. You put a spin on everything like the exorcist. You a lying coward, lost soul. Most statements you made are not so. That's how chicken hocks roll. I find the fact that you a Fox News asshole. Ironic cause you never been in no foxhole. I hope that you rock slow. You and your talk show, no spin zone That's a vertigo, infernal fire and brimstone We seeing all your knee, I call bullshit Fuck a press room, you want the president of pulpit I cringe at your right wing, lunatic fringe There's no elegant speech to shelter beliefs Hate dominates like the Celts in the East 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 Michelle Markin wants a snitch like you tell the police She ought to be shot, they gotta be stopped Infrared the pillow body said that's a key spot, I'm not a violent man, but actually your blasphemy is badgering me To blast you for your factual inaccuracy, naturally, media matters to me So we gotta shut down Fox News, that's the way it has I to be I wipe the dirt from my hands as I walk from your grave Those ain't facts, those are lies and the statements you made So, we gotta get him, get him, we gotta chill him, chill him We gotta get him, get him, we gotta kill him, kill him Be a long rally, you only rally me up This piece of human white waste, O'Reilly on the I'll leave you so scarred, you course rock hard, dear Lord. I'd like you to get your mouth off that conservative cock long enough to sit and talk it out. Scratch that, let's backtrack. I stalk your house, knock you out, gag your mouth, drag you out, dog it out. I wanna hurt you, immerse you in torture. Fuck, make fun of you with punchlines. I'd rather kill your family in front of you by lunchtime. A one line execution in sunshine. It's crunch time, let's take it to the front lines. Bless the union of marriage? Oh, that's classic. Dick in your hand, making phone calls to Andrea Macris, you got it backwards. Phone sex leading to threats to get a flat up on your mattresses. As sick as a list of adjectives put upon your favorite actresses in your book. No spin so grim, you borderline rapist, sexist, racist, makeshift talking heads to 
celebrities that need a facelift. I wipe the dirt from my hands as I walk from your grave. Those ain't facts, those are lies and the statements you made. So, we gotta get him, get him. We gotta chill him, chill him. We gotta get him, get him. We gotta kill him, kill him. Be a long rally, you won't be rallying me up. I transcribed all your lies to my domicile Separated all your letters like an underscore I'm in your driveway like Billo, what you running for? You want beef, but you never send your son to war That's my favorite reason, but I got a hundred more You a political prostitute, a money whore Your ass is upper class, saying that you come from poor Backgrounds, you need to get smacked down with guns galore Something more hardcore, slash a flick, bash the bitch Scattered, your chin and shatter is littered with little that matters You mad had a blabbering on I'm deadpan, steady-handed, kill you on a webcam Body battered till I got red hands And leave a trail of dead fans That's a YouTube, number one download Dump you at the end of your town's road Or hang you like Benito Mussolini if the ground's cold I wipe the dirt from my hands as I walk from your grave Those ain't facts, those are lies and the statements you made So, we gotta get him, get him We gotta chill him, chill him We gotta get him, get him We gotta kill him, kill him Be a long rally, you only rally me up you are that wrong doing so. You're supposed to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong, and then you're supposed to shut up for a while. Turn around, you'll be back. You're the worst person on the planet, credit yourself. You mutilated Malady, now you edit yourself. Plus your lawsuit proves it, though you read it yourself. You're a sick man, you're better off dead in yourself. Pan left, maximum corners like grand death. Pan right, see the mic through the antichrist chest. O'Reilly gets a shaking, he's a liar, falsifier. And I'm a wolf out for his blood till he retires. today okay I don't know what whatever it is it's not right on the teleprompter I don't know what that is I've never seen that no there it is we are gonna do sting yeah okay but yeah I can't read it there's no there's no words on it okay there's no words there to play us out what does that mean to play us out it's sting is gonna do it's a video sting video what is I don't know what that means to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show? Yeah. yeah. Alright, go, go. Yeah, five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it. Yeah. Five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I'll write it and we'll do it live! Fucking thing sucks! That's tomorrow and that is it for us today. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks again for watching. We'll leave you with Sting and a cut off his new album. Take it away. Now.